0: Welcome to another episode of middle of the road the podcast this is episode 97 and we will be discussing quentin tarantino's new release once upon a time in hollywood this is his ninth film apparently his penultimate film if he sticks to his guns that he's only going to make 10 movies so he quits before he gets bad. This film stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. And um, Margot Robbie appears in the film as Sharon Tate, but she is extremely important to the movie, but is not a large... Is she? <laughs> she, she is, but we'll she is not a big part it. of the movie. The film follows... I think it takes place over two days in the beginning of 69, and then... It takes place on Yeah, it started
1: on my birthday, February 8th.
0: There you go. Then it jumps forward a few months. Six. And ends on the day where the Manson family decided to come to LA.
1: I'm surprised you're getting this deep into it.
0: Well, I think the movie is assuming... You don't have to know all this, but I think the movie is assuming you know all this going into the movie. I'm just saying,
1: going into the movie, I didn't know any of that, and I'm happy I didn't. Mm -hmm. You didn't know about the the Sharon... Tate murders. I didn't know that was a part of this movie. Hmm. Oh, okay. I just thought it was about an actor and his stunt his stunt man. So, okay.
0: <laughs> the film, like we said, mostly follows those two dudes. DiCaprio being the uh, old, aging in quotation marks out, lead of old cowboy shows and stuff, and Brad Pitt plays his stunt man uh, as the film goes along we watch DiCaprio deal with maybe being pushed out of his star status and we watch Brad Pitt be set up to be believable in the final 20 minutes in the movie (laughs) I love this I wrote it up on the site if you want to hear some more detailed thoughts you can go there and give us a click or two but what did everybody else think?
2: my thoughts on it are that it's the least tarantino movie that quentin tarantino has ever made but it's also the most tarantino movie that quentin tarantino has ever made which is it i mean it sounds contradictory but just watching this movie it just felt like both of those things
0: is either one of those a negative
2: no no i was very happy with this movie i don't think i'm as high on it as you are but i i i definitely enjoyed it John.
3: was it wait was the question Like, how do we like it overall, or compared to his his previous work? You can tell us both those things. It kind of sits in a place, kind of, as sort of a combination of kind of sporadic vignettes, vignette style that he had with Pulp Fiction, with a little bit more of a through line, but seemingly not as much, like with Inglorious Bastards. Like, all that to say, I think it still felt like a Tarantino film, but I think the thing that I think endeared me the most to it is just the chemistry between Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Two incredible actors who I'll have time to uh, harp on Brad Pitt in the future. I like I like Leonardo DiCaprio, but honestly, I, I tried thinking back to like things I've seen him in, and like I tried, I was like, aside from like Titanic and Django, and uh, what are some other ones? Shoot,
2: um, Revenant, where he won an Oscar. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I didn't actually see the revenue or like Inception. I guess Inception was also a super popular one for him. I like, hear he's I,
2: good in Shutter Island too, but I have yet to see that. What? I enjoyed it. Uh,
1: Wolf of Wall Street's another one.
3: Wolf. Oh yeah, departed. Wolf of Wall Street. I didn't see Wolf um, of Wall Street. What's departed? Oh yeah, The grape, Departed. Is that what that one was called? Yeah. Yeah, and that was with a uh, Johnny Depp too, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess I have seen. I, I, a substantial amount, I guess, of Leonardo DiCaprio. They're just... I mean, you the take aviator. two one of the most prolific actors and you put them together and you think it might be maybe one of them vying for attention or one of them like surpassing the other, but they just played off of each other so well. Maybe because we haven't seen them together yet before and they like... I don't know. Just the friendship between Rick Dalton and Cliff was just electric. I feel like and it felt and it felt
2: genuine. Like they've really oh, never
3: done a movie together yeah. before. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. That's crazy. And it took like again. I had no. I had no clue where Tarantino was taking us throughout the entire movie, knowing that the Manson family was going to come into play, probably and the Tate murders were going to come into play pretty heavily. And so, kind of waiting for that payoff, but just following their individual journeys and then their like their times together it was just a lot of fun and so yeah i really liked it
1: Okay, so this is my turn as <laughs> for usual i'm gonna be the downer of the group uh <laughs> like Aww. well i mean i enjoyed it to a certain extent i'm i'll say i didn't know like i said i didn't know the whole sharon tate thing was going to be a part of this movie and as soon as the date started showing up on the screen, it's like, oh no, is there gonna be like it, it added this sense of foreboding to it where I was like, is this gonna end in a massacre? And it's like, oh, it is gonna end in a massacre, isn't it? Cause then <laughs> I heard her name. I don't know, like I enjoyed it, but with like what Ben said about like this is most Tarantino, it's like there was just so many times where I could feel him he has to inject himself in a movie to the extent where it gets obnoxious sometimes where it's like, I just want to watch the movie. Like there's a scene in the middle of the movie where we get to see Leonardo playing his character in as a different character. And it just like, we get to see the scene going. It's like, oh, this is so much more relaxing than the first 10 minutes of this movie that felt like it was like every five seconds it was cutting to a different scene, it felt like. So I don't know. I got, I was really annoyed with that. Eventually it did settle in and I started to enjoy it anymore. But then, like, I don't know. I'm having a hard time with this one because... It feels, we can go into it more later, but it just feels kind of exploitative with using Sharon Tate as it. Because I don't understand why her story is in this movie and why we're forcing these other characters into it in this way. I agree with that. I think it, it I mean,
2: I, I liked having her and her friends there, but it's like, it, it definitely, it but doesn't feel like why did it in- have
1: to be Sharon Tate? Other than it's just like I love Hollywood. Look at all yeah, these buildings like and signs and this Hollywood story. It didn't really need to be in there. I I agree, but I I, I liked.
0: I one hundred percent disagree with that, but I can't talk about it without spoiling the movie.
3: Yeah, I think I yeah, I think I disagree as well. I saw so I saw this movie with my sister, and <laughs> she's always worried. She whenever I talk to my sister about movies, she always brings up about how. She talked, like, literally, she said, shout out to Sengitha, by the way. She talks about how she never understood Pulp Fiction. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like, and to a certain degree, like, there's nothing there to understand. But maybe, like, the pastiche of Pulp Fiction is very, not unsettling, but just unfamiliar. And it's just a weird experience the first time you see it. But, so when we were prepping to see this, she was like, what is this movie even about? And I was just like, all I know is that it's about the Manson family and the Sharon Tate murders. And she was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And we did a little bit. And we did a little bit of research to like, figure out like what that was. But as I was watching, I was just like, you know, I did so much reading like outside of that conversation and like looked into the background of the Manson family and like, what was their like motivation in that, in that event and that kind of thing. And I was just like, if you had no idea about this, this is a really like, it almost, it cripples or like disempowers or depow-, depow, I don't know what the word is, um, it, it it renders almost useless or meaningless all of Margot Robbie's scenes. Like, unless you have that background, it's it's difficult to know, the, like, why this, why what's her oh, role yeah. in like, this entire story? Like, half of story. my
1: notes for this movie while watching it was just poor Sharon Tate, because I was so depressed just seeing how happy she was in these scenes, knowing what was coming. Yeah, and you
2: just know it's exactly. going to end, and
3: yeah yeah and and so but if you don't know like the history or behind it which like i don't know how much there's the the twitter where like film twitter is like arguing about like that like crazy but i don't think it's unreasonable for quentin tarantino to expect you to come in especially when it holds such a cultural standpoint knowing about that real life event and how it's influenced the movie or being aware at least how that's going to influence the movie
0: yeah, I mean, I, you're not wrong, but like you said, I don't think it's that much. Of, I mean, of all the stuff, all the the Hollywood referential stuff going on in the movie, you don't have to know any of that to enjoy the movie. It only enhances the movie.
1: It felt like playing L.A. Noir again to me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Except like, what, 20 years later?
1: Yeah, I don't remember. Like, I guess that was 30s, 40s. Was he a World War II vet? I don't remember. He was, I think it. Oh, uh,
3: was he World War II or World War One? That's remember. a great question. Uh, Although
1: he did have a. LA Noir. A Noir. Underrated game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like you said, if, if that's the one thing you got to know going in for the movie, too. But I think if you find out what. If you're like, watch the movie and you're like, well, what was the point of all this Margot Robbie stuff at the end? And that causes you to go look up who Sharon Tate was and what she was all about. I think that is basically the point of the movie.
3: Well, and there is. I was watching Man. a new Rockstars video <laughs> right
0: before this, and he was saying
3: how really that that event like shocked shocked the nation to its like core, which really like ended kind of that golden age of Hollywood or just kind of that like the sheer optimism of that time period, kind of and like things like started to become a little bit darker, more in the seventies, I guess, and so or grittier, I guess, specifically in media. And so, yeah, I, I also didn't realize how big... Like, it'd be the equivalent of, like say, I guess, maybe the OJ case, except the fanfare would not necessarily be around just the, the alleged uh, perpetrator. It would be around the perpetrators and the victim,
0: and arguably more so around the victim. It would have been as culturally impactful, like, aware... I, I guess cultural awareness was as big about Sharon Tate's death as the OJ thing. But I wouldn't say it was as impactful on society as much as the Sharon Tate Manson stuff was. Because like you said, it was the end of the 60s, essentially. And the idea of, quote unquote, the 60s. Let's get into spoiler... Well, actually, I'm going to make you pick. Who did you like better? Who was better in the movie, DiCaprio or Pitt? Pitt. Uh, One for Pitt. That's such a hard...
3: Yeah, I is the question who did you like better or who did a better job well, I like DiCaprio
1: more and therefore I probably no, like watching him more
3: I, I disagree <laughs> um
1: yeah who doesn't love cheering for a possible murderer <laughs>
3: <laughs> i think I, I think they both did amazing jobs maybe DiCaprio slightly higher but I think because of like Pitt's status is kind of like the lower status like character in the in that pairing I think I I think I was more drawn to Pitt's character
1: I think I was drawn to DiCaprio just because of the range his character goes through emotionally mm-hmm. oh, it was no, just a performance but yeah. I Brad Pitt was also great in this movie it's just which like feel no, you prefer yeah. this was um
2: one of my favorite Brad Pitt performances I mean He's, he's just so good in this. They both are.
1: It was so funny. There's a bunch of like old ladies in the showing I was in there. So when he took off his shirt, you just heard people gasp still. <laughs> <It's>, oh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, there was a substantial amount of like older people. And I wonder if like part of this is like the 60s nostalgia that maybe we're also seeing it in the middle of the day. A, like, I mean, that's true like too. Day. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But like I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected like that demographic of like people to be
0: at a Quentin Tarantino film of all things. Yes, yeah, true. And so people that like movies like Quentin Tarantino movies, usually I'm taking DiCaprio by a hair. So that's oh my three God. thumbs up. And I just,
1: I... just, you mentioned by a hair and I just had flashes of Brad Pitt's like wigs on during this movie. <laughs> they were, they were amazing. <laughs> How they were always just slightly wrong. <laughs>
0: I, I don't know I don't know what Lauren thinks about this movie. You seem to
1: enjoy a lot of it, it but, overall, but I have yeah. a big problem with it. Okay, so I'd give it a three eight point five out of five. I think.
2: Okay.
1: You don't agree with me, but there's a certain aspect of this that just severely rubs me the wrong way.
0: No, and I'm in- I think I'm interested to explore that as well. And we will discuss it. Um, I forgot. There's one more question. Rate Brandy the dog on a scale of one to amazing. <laughs>
1: Um, Brandy. Oh, oh. He's a fine boy. The <laughs> goodest boy. <laughs> what a he good is. husband he would be. <laughs> um, like that. That threw me because he's like kept calling a Brandy. I was like oh the the. I don't know if she's a Staffordshire Terrier or a Bull Terrier or a Pit Bull or something. I don't know. But I was like oh look at Brandy. I didn't expect it to be a girl. And there's like nope. Brandy has a penis. It's a boy.
3: <laughs> and, yeah. Aw- awesome. Fantastic. Like I remember. Zach, I was tweet so I tweeted out that thing about uh the dog from a ri- like racing through the rain or whatever for 2020, just because as I was watching the debates yesterday, an ad for that movie came on again,
0: and I was just like, oh god. I'm sorry, Kevin Costner isn't a dog. I can't. He's not believable as a dog. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Oh, is Why that are Kevin there so Costner many too? Movies
1: recently about dogs, like being people and changing lives it's so weird
0: apparently that movie apparently that book was like one of the better books of a few years ago or something though but so when so like when you tweeted out like once again john's wrong
3: and then you showed that like billboard of brandy i was like okay and now i fully (laughs) like i'm 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 fully i'm fully behind you yeah brandy 2020
1: were there really dog foods back then with made of flavors. rat and raccoon flavor. Like, bird flavor. <laughs> raccoon flavor. Like, what the hell? I
0: don't know. It's great. Okay. It's kind of spoilers. So go see it. From now on, spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: So spoilers?
0: Mm. Sure. Spoilers.
1: Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers.
2: All the spoilers. Spoilers.
1: Yeah.
0: I loved just since we were talking about Brandy I just loved how that final scene just brought everything you saw beforehand together. The first feeding scene where she whimpered and Brad Pitt, you know, was was giving him trouble. (laughs) And then it caused him to come out and uh, it was just beautiful orchestration there of bringing that and then obviously all the other stuff with brad pitt that like he might be a psychopathic killer
2: i lost my shit when leo walks out with the flamethrower from like his oh i was laughing the loudest that flamethrower was this movie's unicorn the the two amazing leo has leo has the two best lines in the movie too one of which is is there anything we could do about the heat on that and uh the other one was it's like no
1: it's fire
2: when Emil Hirsch's character is just like, oh, d- oh my god, is everyone okay? Well, the hippies fucking aren't. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I
0: would say his best me. line has something to do with, what was his drink of choice? Whiskey sour when he's flipping out. He said whiskey sours. <laughs> and he's talking about how many he should have eaten, drank as he was tearing he apart like his.
2: Eight? Yeah. Ugh. The other, oh, that little girl was also amazing. Yeah. Julia butters is her name <laughs> she's,
3: oh gosh
0: no she's gonna be well i know actually i have i mean i enjoyed her in the movie but i have no idea because she is intentionally being like a precocious child actor who sounds like a robot
1: mm-hmm. adult
0: and not
3: an talking about her child.
1: process she's daniel day lewis as a child and female. <laughs> no but
3: that but that's the thing even even for someone to like feign that level of precociousness as like a, well, that's what i'm saying she's child, I think she's too young like,
0: to know which one it is at this point, but I hope for the best for
3: her i i I'm giving her the benefit of doubt because I think she played it amazingly um what was the one about uh <laughs> when I really like the line where he's uh crying as they're getting their car from the valet and Brad Pitt's like don't cry in front of the Mexicans <laughs> and I was
2: like <laughs> Just gives, him his, like, yeah, just gives him his glasses. <laughs> I was like, what the
0: fuck? Laura, do you want to talk about Margot Robbie?
1: Not really. I, no, mean... I, think,
0: I mean, it's <laughs> it's a point of conversation in the world. You had the reaction some people have to it. I, I think it's worth discussing. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Like, I love Quentin Tarantino doing revisionist history. Mm-hmm. That's always a plus. But I don't know. It just felt like as much as I was happy... That she doesn't get murdered brutally in this movie. It didn't feel like it was about her. It was a scene about these people getting to be heroes and relevant when, like, she's only relevant to people these days because of a murder that happened to her. Like, we wouldn't know who she was probably unless she had been murdered. Like, people these days, unless you're, like, deep into Hollywood and watch old movies or something. I don't know.
0: Isn't that the point, though? Like that he it's wants about you, to...
1: someone else, and not her.
0: Tarantino. You, she, a lot of people wouldn't know her for who she is. Did did you? Did they? I saw this at Draft House. Did he play the Manson murder trailer and then that stunt thing before the movie?
2: No, no, no.
0: So you you went straight to the the main type. You didn't get yeah. the. The Kill Bill feature presentation, like, music thing from the old movie? Okay. No,
2: so. that's fucking awesome, though.
0: What, yeah, wait, What? what, what is so, this entire thing? So, at Draft House, it was after all the trailers. and It wasn't like their pre-show entertainment, which they do show a lot of stuff like that all the time. The movie opened with, I wonder if it maybe was a 70 millimeter thing, which I didn't get to see the movie in because it broke, but maybe they had a digital version of the 7 mil- 70 millimeter presentation or something like that. But anyways, before the movie, there was a trailer for some exploitation movie about the Sharon Tate murders, and then there was, which, you know, was very interesting just showing her screaming and stuff and i think that was really him setting up this is what people this is how we viewed this woman is just as this victim and then there was also another trailer about stuntmen and stuff it was like some stunt i can't remember what it was but it was obviously like he was like these are two things i want you to be thinking about before we watch this movie but I think, Lauren, you hit it right on the head, is that he wants you to know who Sharon Tate is, and he's mad as hell that she, he he must have loved her, and she was taken away from us, and he thought he was she was going to go on to great things, and he wants to save her.
1: Yeah, and, and Sharon Tate, you know, she deserves way more respect than Natalie Wood does, because her plot gets to be a joke in this movie. Well...
0: I don't. It, one, we don't know. It's not Natalie Wood.
1: She was named Natalie. It's Natalie Wood. Was it? Um, yeah, oh, okay. he said Natalie, or she okay. said Natalie. She wait, referred to herself wait, as wait, Natalie.
3: Who are you referring to? Uh, there's. Cliff's they wife. talk
1: about Brad Pitt's character murdering his wife, and it's based <laughs> on Natalie Wood. She oh, gotcha, died, yeah. like she drowned allegedly, but like there's there's controversy about her being murdered. Christopher
0: Walken was there.
1: Yeah, Christopher Walken was there, <laughs> <laughs> but. It just, I don't know, as soon as I saw that, I started to feel really just uncomfortable with this movie because Sharon Tate was in it. And it's like, what are we going to do with Sharon Tate's story mm-hmm. now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can could, I could totally see where you're coming from there. I mean, I did laugh. I i was in on that joke. Um, I, You're not the only person to... <laughs> it's
1: like, like, I laughed because it basically implies she got harpooned. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I felt bad for, or I felt bad for <laughs> laughing at it. I, I
0: it's 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 interesting that I think you, like I said, I think you had the takeaway that he might have been going for, but you felt bad, you didn't enjoy it, where he wanted you to go the other way.
2: The one I felt bad for laughing at was Bruce Lee. Like I figured he was going to have yeah. a bigger part, but then he, they just show up but he's kind of like this
1: arrogant jerk but you know really. he also was helping every other people we got to see him helping other people in their scenes and stuff a little this bit this is but true but, but there's you really like but yeah his this, one this big is, isn't
2: he the guy who basically like it was like okay to have asian star in films right like isn't he like a big
1: sure
0: yes
3: and i and i think there's something to say for with his with his martial art jee kundo i think he was able to take like some of the aspects of kung fu that maybe were a bit more ascetic and ma- a bit more like oh this is only for like a special group of people and say like no martial arts can be for anyone and really like popularized martial arts especially in the west maybe and there's been since huge backlash from his family saying and oh, about, it, about with the movie. with the scenes yeah with the scenes of him helping people and training people aside like the scene of him bragging to people and taking on cliff like they're saying this is portraying him as like a braggadocious like arrogant like yeah that's how i felt um, me so much like of this jerk. stuff
1: like and i'm
2: i i understand that they, they, they wanted to build up cliff as this like total badass like i i understand that but they didn't have to make it look like oh he can just kick the shit out of bruce lee any day of the week well, I mean, yeah they made like, him a joke
1: in this movie yeah and i just that like, Again, every time he like, kept doing his noises that like his Wah, that stuff, they well, kept that, making fun of him, and it was like, I just don't enjoy. But watching he some also, of this stuff. but
3: that's, but that's also like the tough part about that though is that's
1: accurate. Though. Oh, yeah, right? I know it is, yeah, but, but I'm just yeah. saying like the context within this movie made it's like I, you like Zach saying that he was being respectful to certain people with this stuff in Hollywood and all this stuff, but to me it felt it didn't feel that way.
3: Well, and especially because like I will, I will also concur that like people in my theater whether it was at him or just at the situation like were laughing during that part whereas i was just like i don't know why people and my sister my sister included and not to throw her on the bus but part of me was just like dude this is just how like bruce lee fought and like you can make fun of it but he was probably one of the greatest fighters if not the greatest fighter of all time was he known to be a dick that part no so like that part what like that's what's been getting a lot of criticism from his family about um, which I th- which I think is grounded. I think the stuff about like his fighting style it's <laughs> he was
2: what, a what, what part do you disagree no, with
0: I, I disagree with the upsetness, but I, I, I have a whole go finish what you're saying, John. I think
3: it's harder to be like it's, it's all about in, intent but then reception right? So like are they technically in the fault because they probably intended to just portray him in a very accurate sense that was maybe slightly comedic? Yeah, so maybe maybe their intent was okay or like at least like had some integrity, but could they have anticipated that people would not have seen it that way and just been like look at this guy making like monkey like sounds, what a hilarious like goof, especially people who don't know anything about Bruce Lee. I don't know. I think in that sense they're they're not justified because it's just like, well, you have to sometimes anticipate people's reception even if they misinterpret what you are doing. So,
0: John, you, you were referencing the, the, the family's reaction. And I thought it was interesting how you framed it, which was like how they're like, well, besides this loving scene with him and Sharon Tate, which is the last time we see
3: him
2: in loving, the movie. Loving. I think, it's like, no, it's I think like a quick shot. See, we
1: see him with Emil Hirsch.
0: He was
3: training Emil Hersh too, but it's
2: like, in the, but that's like a, that's like thirty seconds,
1: and maybe. not even thirty seconds, yeah.
0: <laughs> but but it does show that Tarantino has this affection for him, and in this, well, it, that's no, also I, well I don't documented that too. He has, right?
2: And I think I think it was just poor, like the way he did that sequence, like like you said, he he does care, but that scene with Bruce Lee and Cliff that. That did not go over as well as he would have hoped. Like that, the way it looked to me, was kind of demeaning of the character. I know it. It's not, and it's like not mean spirited. It's not meant to be, you know, besmirching this legend. It just it, but it comes across as it makes a
3: caricature out of someone who 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 had to
2: fight that 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 prejudice.
0: Like How, to, so, but john you're saying it's, is it a character or is it an accurate representation
3: the actual like fighting aspect is not a caricature i think it'd be probably pretty accurate but the aspect of him being more puffy and like like puffed up towards brad pitt and more standoffish and like confrontational which that's the thing that's content that's being yeah but I, by... what i think
0: what i haven't seen a single person talk about our reference is the setting of that moment which is a bunch of stunt dudes sitting around whipping their dicks out and seeing who's the toughest guy it's not like he's running it's bruce lee walking up to some random person ac- walking across the stage you know of the back lot and being an asshole to him they're it's the stunt people hanging out bragging and shooting the shit with each other
1: but it's only him bragging it's like, we don't well, hear other people talk and, about it. It's just again, like being Bruce super Lee, braggadocious.
2: And like, yeah, when Bruce Lee comes across, it's like, it's arrogance. But like when, especially when you then have him get thrown into a car.
3: <laughs> but if I can also walk back on this a little bit, because like half that time, actually, it's not him really bragging. It's him. He's just talking about it's it. him talking about how much how much he admires Muhammad Ali. Like, that, that's the weird thing about this scene, actually, is that, like, he comes off as seemingly arrogant, and he sounds arrogant, but half the time he's saying very complimentary things for a contemporary and someone who exists in a different
2: yeah. realm than him. like, it's like, I'm,
1: and so, congrats to you. Yeah. Not, that sounds super, like...
2: She's, like, saying, I like all
1: these guys, but I could kick all their asses if I wanted yeah. to, kind of thing. And, that's and then like, after yeah. that, we see a smaller individual get tossed like a doll into a car. <laughs> it's like... It's, like, it's just oddly putting him in his place where I don't feel like it was necessary to do so.
3: I mean, I think it was it was the first time though that we had really seen and ex- and like witness Brad Pitt's like as a stuntman. Like we had seen Rick do some acting like f- like throughout like a plethora of scenes of a plethora of flashbacks, his reel or whatever. We hadn't seen Brad Pitt actually be on stuntman. We've just seen him be this cool guy who's just always around Rick. And so to see it in the flesh, I think it was powerful, but at the expense of Bruce Lee's character, especially him being like a a real person with a real reputation, like how does this movie hurt Bruce Lee's reputation?
1: Well, I mean, to people like me who have not seen his movies yeah, and like, know nothing is about him, it's first... like, oh, was he actually a dick? Yeah. Should I not respect this person for what he did? And Maybe. I think
2: the movie, like, if if he had come across as less of a braggart, that would have been great, and then also the fight shouldn't have been as one sided as it was. I get it. It was one to one.
3: It. I, I. would not say it was as one sided as it was. Though, dude, he
1: throws again. A, he um, got a tossed car. into a car.
2: <laughs> like yeah. no,
3: for sure. But then in that in that last one, it seemed pretty mm. even. Like it, I'm just like it yeah, felt like, like both of those the things were was like
1: even. But he was the one who got joke. Like it was comedic when he got beaten his time if that makes sense
3: (laughs) no for sure yeah i I get what you're saying
1: like it just felt like sometimes people things were done to make brad pitt's character look better at the expense of others everything with brad pitt
0: in this movie is to make you think cliff booth can kill the shit out of three manson people if he needs to at the end of the movie i mean everything about him is building towards that moment so that that moment pays off and you don't doubt it for a second i mean i'm not going to disagree with you there but I don't I mean, I, again we're we're all at different ends of the spectrum here, but I, I don't know. I I just didn't even think that didn't even crossed my didn't, mind. He during didn't that kill scene.
1: three um of them. Yeah,
0: two and a half <laughs> what two two. He 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 gave her the wounding shot that sent her screaming out the <laughs> he window. Killed
1: like, he killed it, like killed uh, like one and a half. Can we maybe? talk yeah. about that scene? Sure. like okay, like I have no sympathy for murderers or the mm-hmm. Manson individuals, but it w- got to the point where it was like he took something that was such a brutal murder and turned it around but it was still super brutal and so I kind of got uncomfortable with it because it's like it's like when you're on Facebook and you're in the comments and like if I follow or a lot of things about like animal abuse comes up in my feed and you'll see people turn into mob mentality in the comments like oh this person you know threw acid on a dog we should put them in a Like, boil them with acid and throw them behind a car and drag them and all this stuff. It's like, it's kind of weird that we, like, just because the victims are, have more guilt in this instance, doesn't make the brutality less brutal. And so it was. It made me uncomfortable in that scene where it was like, I don't want to see someone's face get like bludgeoned repeatedly, repeatedly. I, and then you see, see the girl like from. screaming, like running through a house like ET with its arms up, <laughs> just breaking through windows and then falling in the. Like, why are we making? I don't. It's so weird to be like, yeah, that bitch deserves it. Kill her, and like, it's weird. It made me uncomfortable.
2: But I think it is like it's it's Tarantino's. It's not but because like, he hates he treated it's not these because people he hates worse them. than he
1: did in Hitler. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, and it's like but
1: it's not because he ha- it's not because he hates Hitler them. had it way worse than much, these
0: guys. And it's like because
1: just, of how much he cared for Sharon. But see it doesn't feel that way to me. This this scene isn't about Sharon Tate. It's about these two men and But it's well, saving think, Sharon Tate. It is yeah, about Yeah, it's like turning But, but it, then at the end like what I don't I don't I won't go on their minds. No, go on. I want to hear about it. It just bothers me that the last thing we hear from Sharon Tate is being like, "Oh, Leonardo Rick Dalton, I know you, you're still relevant. Let's talk about you." It's like mm-hmm. it's I don't like I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it does. Mm-hmm. And I know like I'm probably being super annoying about all this, but No, that's not I I just, No,
0: but
2: No, like you have like, like, like it's, I'm so happy that we
1: get this like false narrative of her living. That would be great if this is what actually happened, but it didn't in this scene is being used to prop up these male characters and it's not about her but like i mean it's not like i expect her to be the one to kill all the manson people so i don't know
2: oh man how awesome would that be though if she like just turns if she had turned it around that would have been
3: cool too i think the tough thing about that that perspective is because i think i think this is one of maybe quentin tarantino's films that like like, most of them I think you can go into just not re- like, you don't need any prior knowledge or any prior context to really define the movie. Like, yeah, you need to know who the Nazis are, maybe for *Inglorious Bastards. But, not like, I don't think any of his films interact as heavily with our real life and our real timeline as much as this one does. And I, I get what you're saying in terms of, like, the survival of Sharon Tate. And her presence in this movie really does nothing except to potentially maybe prop up the two main, like, male leads. And I I totally understand that. But I think there's also a sense of, like, a distance that we're provided from Sharon Tate that's almost reverential in a sense of, like, she would, like... If the Manson murders, if the Tate murders had not happened to this day, she would again be this like almost mythic figure of Hollywood celebrity that would go on like leaving, none leading people, her like life movie of. Nobody
1: really knew who she was.
3: I mean, I've arguably it was at the beginning of her career, I suppose, right? Yes,
1: I guess, but I mean, I'm just saying, it's like these people who work in the industry or I mean, they don't work in the industry. They work at a theater, but it's like, they're staring at her photo all day and they don't recognize her. So it's,
3: I mean, that's fair. I, but I think there's also like a sense of like, she, like her presence at like, say of like a Playboy mansion, like party or like the stories that are like Steve McQueen speaks about her, like in almost a mythic sense as well. In like, in the way he talks about how, Oh, she, she, I, I would never be. I never stood a chance. I would never be able to catch her. Yeah, to. But stand, that wasn't chance, like about her, her talent. That was um. just
1: because he wanted to be with her. <laughs> True.
0: No, but yeah, but so but I. But think... she was relevant enough for Steve McQueen to want to get her. <laughs> so that I think that's But is is, you know. is she
1: only relevant enough because she's with Polanski?
0: No, I mean she had been in a few movies. I mean I think she was well regarded at the time as an up and comer that was tragically
2: like the next the story. next yeah. big star in hollywood who was taken before time
3: it's 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 tough because like if i could just finish my yeah. thought yeah, sorry. Zach, i think because i think throughout the way that i like still viewed the movie even though like some of the scenes with her seemed inconsequential or just like out of place compared to the main story of rick and brad Or Rick and Cliff, excuse me. The entire time, though, she is on an entirely different level of status. And she's like a reminder of, like, you've got the old Hollywood that's kind of maybe fading away. And very valued and still very, like, has so much integrity and actually, like, has some worth. But it's fading away into obscurity. And then you've got, like, the people underneath that who actually support them. And who are, like, inherent in their success as well. But Sharon Tate, because she's new Hollywood, because she's up and coming, she's on an entirely level, different, higher level of success and status throughout the entire film. So, like, yeah, does the plot kind of move forward to prop up Rick's career specifically? Yeah. Like, and Cliff's by consequence. Yeah. But Never to the point that it's necessarily overshadowing Sharon Tate because I don't think they'll ever get I mean, back to that. We level. don't even
1: see her face at the end of the movie. It's like a shot above her. Like the last, I think, profile we see is probably Leonardo DiCaprio's face.
0: Yeah, it's. I've heard some people reference to the the music and the vibe of that final scene, and that it's not. I, I I guess the final shot. I shouldn't say scene, um, because the word I was going to use. It's not a triumphant moment. I I would say. DiCaprio and Pitt's goodbye is a triumphant moment, but there is a weird, sad vibe still to that final shot of the movie. Because we know, I guess we know that's never happened. Yeah.
3: Um, Yeah. And like, that's, I think that's kind of the point of like Ben was saying with the film. Like, I think Quentin Tarantino's trying to get you to imagine a what if scenario, a fairy, like a true fairy tale of like, well, what if like Hollywood was never besmirched by these terrible, heinous acts? and this young star was truly given like the time and space to flourish throughout her career and not just not just young star young mother too
1: yeah that was a bummer i didn't realize she was pregnant when she was murdered mm-hmm. that was new to me this time but i will say with like the final shot like like as much as it bothers me i still love the what could have been thing like it ended he wrote that was when he did the title card Mm-hmm. At the end, like, the camera was looking down on them, and then it said, once upon a time, dot, dot, yeah. dot, in Hollywood. And it was, like, I don't know. like I, It's so weird, because, like, there's so much about it. Like, that, it was very touching, and at the same time, I was so angry. <laughs> so, it's like, I don't know how to feel half the time with this movie. So, That's it's good. like, I really like it. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I did enjoy it. I don't know. It's so I'd weird. Love to,
0: I think you should watch it again, because I'd love to hear what, where you fall I having all say, these conflicted feelings,
1: I'm very disappointed in Rick Dalton in that he left his wife alone in the final mo- or moments of this movie. But no, no, she wasn't alone. She, she was had Brandy. Brandy but she like she Brandy. was almost just brutally <laughs> murdered, and he leaves her alone to go get drinks. Brandy yes, was Brandy was dog. there, Brandy, but like, will she attack someone unless Brad Pitts tell her or Brad Pitt tells him to? <laughs>
0: like, I think it's just something that stood out to me. I think I I really appreciate that Cliff and Rick. They don't actually save Sharon Tate in the movie. They just redirected it. DiCaprio, Rick going out with a picture of margaritas is the reason they end up at his house instead of her yeah. house. Like, yeah. it, it could have felt even ickier to Ugh, some I people. Was, I imagine yeah. if they literally like barged into,
1: like, if she was the Sharon's dad, house, you know? Yeah. yeah, I will say I almost got so mad at Tarantino because he started doing the whole. Um, violence in movies and video games spiel about how that turns like the youth violent. and then it's like these older generation people who are super violent actually. It's like <laughs> I was like, oh thank God, I don't want to deal like, with that conversation again. <laughs> let,
2: let me show you how real violence works. Kiddos. Yes.
0: <laughs> I think my favorite shot of the year will possibly come from the final scene where the 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 confrontation scene where, brad pitt holds up the fake gun and is just laughing at tex yeah, was is pretty good. an incredible shot and moment <laughs> the, when uh what's her name i can't think of her name the girl who gets flamethrowered she's great in um, oh, um, mickey madison is her name she's amazing and better things Uh, one of my favorite shows on tv but when she just tex just looks at her as he's laughing and she's just like what the fuck is going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: it's one of my favorite like moments of Pitt's entire career is when they bust in and he's just high as all hell. <laughs> just kind of like, what's up, guys? Can I help yeah. you? <laughs>
1: I loved when it kicked in and he kept waving his hand around. <laughs> like, don't I know you from
2: somewhere? It's like, I'm the devil here to do the devil's work. Oh, no so, no it's so,
3: something like rex it <laughs> so it's, of, like,
1: it's rex. so weird to think though because it's like they used the real murderer's names or at least tex was one of them mm-hmm. and it's like will this and that was a real line well, yeah too, it was apparently. will this movie do more to make sharon tate famous or will this do more to make the manson killers more famous
0: i don't i don't think this is gonna no one they're they're, they're food for the slaughter and the
1: I'm just saying, like, someone tried to marry Manson recently. Like, maybe some of these people are still alive in prison. Maybe it'll just bring them more celebrity.
2: Yeah, Maya Hawk, the character she was, she was the one who testified against the others. Mm. In So it's like she's the one who flipped when they were caught. So it's kind of interesting that it's like, okay, since... It's like that was like her prize for doing that was in Tarantino's version. Like you get to, but like in the real scenario, the did
1: she? Did that person actually drive away, or was she just like no, the get away? She was. She, she, was did, part of she it.
3: just she kept watch or oh, whatever. Yeah. But and then she, she testified. Did, so she she was did flip on them. Yeah, an
1: accomplice. Yeah, she's still complicit.
3: Yeah, I will say. Um, I think that moment. One, I think it's powerful because I had an opposite reaction that you did, mm-hmm. Lauren. Um, I felt like it was a triumphant moment uh, for one just realizing that the like murders of the Manson people of the Manson okay. people just because one it was again like an exhibition of Brad Pitt who is arguably one of the lowest lowest status characters in the in the film like asserting like his like will to survive and his actual his like value or whatever.
2: I wouldn't know if it was his goal to survive. I mean, he <laughs> was not aware of what was going on for some of that. I
3: mean, that's true too. <laughs> he or, so they just, He's just so like just ma- whatever. Even more so just his abilities, right? And his like almost extraordinary, like superhuman abilities. But I think what's interesting is like the fact that we had two different reactions. There's a great article by nerdist writer Lindsay Roman and she talks about the boat scene that we were talking about. And she talks about how Tarantino including that scene, but not showing us what actually happens is powerful because it sets up the rest of the movie from that point on as like almost a Rorschach test for, okay, how do we see this character? Do we see him as like maybe someone who like is the victim of some like really unfortunate rumors surrounding an accident that took away his wife and he's just been trying to like recover with his career from that? And luckily, he's got this best friend that drags him along wherever uh, wherever he goes. Or is he potentially the psychopathic, like, cold-blooded killer who has, like, found his way to succeed throughout Hollywood because of his privilege and other things. And so, like, I think that's powerful because, like, Quentin Tarantino could have made it really, like really easy on us and been showed us eventually like well here's what happened he did pull the trigger on purpose or like here's what happened he forgot to or he not forgot he accidentally did it but he doesn't and that really that makes that ending way more dynamic for and way more up for interpretation for yeah and it uh, just bothered me though because
1: it was like two real victims being used as plot points And that's why it rubbed me the wrong way.
3: I mean, that's fair, too.
1: It's like, if it was just a nameless person who wasn't based on a real person, then maybe it wouldn't bother me as much? I don't know. I have a quick question. To me, it looked like the spear gun wasn't even loaded. Was that... Oh, like, I don't know. The, when he saw it, it, was just like pointed this... at her. So it was yeah, like... but there's no
2: yeah,
0: yeah,
1: but there was like no no blade or point Cl- sticking Cliffs, out of it. Like
0: Cliff's wife was Billy, by the way.
1: I could have. She definitely said Natalie, because I remember hearing that and being like, "Well, it's definitely Natalie Wood, then."
0: IMDb. I mean, I think it's without a doubt a reference to Natalie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. At least on IMDb, she's credited as Billy Booth. Okay. Can we talk about the spawn ranch scene? which I did not think Brad Pitt was going to get out of.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: That was a fa- that was just that classic, was too, for a movie that had been
2: just, just kind of... so
1: gross. Ugh. Ugh, the rat. Like, it bummed me out so much, though. I was really happy to see that the dogs there were still alive.
2: <laughs> well, I, was, I was amazed. Like So was I. That. These people are all murderers, and well, the dogs like, aren't dead? Well, not not that but like i mean that was Sorry. nice and blood dogs lived, but it's like he gets through for you now man just to find this guy and he's still alive and he's yeah which okay. he like, was
1: also he... based on a real person and it just bummed me out so much because he has dementia it's like oh this sucks I mean, well that yeah i mean that everything was, was bumming me out in this movie
0: you know that that there was just a lot of truth to that yeah Yeah,
1: and it's like he was used like all just then there's the whole like sex cult of it all and that like uh, and some of those girls were only like 14 years old in real life it's it's so gross true crime is icky
0: dakota fanning and uh margaret qualley were the got the biggest parts of the manson girls and i thought they were actually both really good
1: i thought margaret qualley was like really great
0: yeah she's been popping up more and more and stuff i couldn't believe i forgot her from the leftovers yep i,
3: see, I was I the entire I time i was trying to put herself. my finger
0: on her and i was
3: Ew. like where
2: have i seen bad this girl wording <laughs> for me for quality my my thing was like there was at one point where someone asked like what like are you looking for something and i just wanted to be like i'm looking for amelia because like that sort of me. she's amelia from the nice guys
1: see i haven't seen that either Oh, it's so good! I know I need to see it. I
2: Have
0: not
3: seen the Nice Guys?
1: I haven't seen a lot of movies.
3: I always get that confirm. I always get confused that confused that with the other guys no. with Will Ferrell and Ugh. Mark Wahlberg. The other
1: guys, I like the other guys. I the do nice not. Guys- though I did like the whole scene about the lion, <laughs> and I get it confused with the Man from Uncle. And-
2: uh, another
0: great movie.
1: <laughs>
0: Margaret Qualley stars in a. Kenzo World perfume commercial directed by Spike Jones, and everybody should go watch it. It's fantastic.
1: Perfume commercials are ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yes, it's her dancing around an opera house. It's kind of a kind of a sequel to uh, the Weapon of Choice with Christopher Walken. I would say they're in the, which also directed by Spike Jones. Uh, they're in the same realm
1: i know this is neither here nor there but margaret margaret Qualley, like in her scenes like they showed that she like she's a hippie she still has armpit hair but then i was like she has the smoothest legs that are like nicely shaped (laughs) and so i was like my mind was just picking up on details that were like super non-important i was doing the winona ryder gif
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, also, the, like, can we talk about the feet thing? Is the feet thing something that, like a phenomenon that's existed it's before been a this thing movie? And ever since oh, uh, yeah. Mia
0: Wallace walked around barefoot in Pulp Fiction, and people have been talking about Quentin's foot thing ever since then. And I think he had gorgeous women snoring.
1: Oh, uh, I don't like that either because then it draws comparison between Margaret Qualley's character and Margot Robbie's character, Margot Robbie, because we both see them putting yeah. their feet up. I don't like that. Don't remind me.
0: <laughs> I think it was just him, like fucking, fucking with the audience, yeah. kind of. Yeah. with the people know, that which I, care which, about that like, kind I of I mean, people.
1: I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You can make an argument for some cult people being victims, but then if they turn <laughs> murderers, that's a different story. But <laughs> I th- I,
3: if we can go back to that scene though, at the ranch though, like the most foreboding and suspenseful, and also such sort a of, such a transition too, right? You're yeah, kind the of aware, like just oh, very th- like
0: laid back and just. Cruising around with watching Brad, when I could watch Brad Pitt drive around and listen to the radio in 1969 for two hours. It probably, but oh my
1: God, you could trim 20 <laughs> minutes off this movie if you took out if he like did quick traveling or fast traveling. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> yeah. but but
3: also like I I I love that they didn't like I get that there was so much time spent with these characters in things that seemingly had nothing to do with the plot. Yeah,
1: but like, but the like problem there is it, no
0: plot to this movie.
3: No, I mean, I mean, yeah, that too. But like, I think. Like, so much of my perception of that time, like, I don't know what I attribute it to. I attribute it only to media, right? Because I haven't i have seen a lot of, like, pictures from my parents, like, from when they were around back then. My entire, like, mental image of this time is based on, like, I don't know, like, Forrest Gump or, like, Remember <laughs> the Titans or other, like, nostalgic films that I've seen. And so just the fact that he could cre- recreate, like, Late 60s era Hollywood in such a like invigorating and like I don't know like inviting fashion that just sucks you in and like you're just that was one of the things I was most impressed by just like the production quality in terms of like creating this recreating this time. I think
1: one of my main problems with the driving though is he did a lot of it where it's like the cameras behind the drivers and it reminded me of Kill Bill too much and then there's the whole thing (laughs) with Uma Thurman being put through what she did in that movie with the driving. So it's like, it just, it was another thing just setting me off on, or setting me off on a bad foot with this movie, I guess. <laughs> They're
0: they've, they've, they've come to terms with it. <laughs> I know,
1: they've, but they've it's like... They've
0: the bug. <sighs> yeah. I feel like we haven't talked about Leo enough, which I feel like this is top three Leo for me, potentially. Uh, he really is incredible, and I think he's proven to be an incredible comedic actor, mm-hmm. and he's never starred in a comedy well, well, I would argue The Wolf of Wall Street is a comedy. Yeah. He, he's so fucking good. And like Lauren said, he gets, it's such a meaty part for him here. And he gets to do, show such a range of emotions. And just in one, in, five, in two minutes, he might go from one end it, to the it other side. But never
1: fell over the top, even though he oh, was no. doing these extreme emotions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I love
3: the sli- like the subtle notes like when he was nodding character and talking to people like it seemed like he had like a little bit of a stutter mm-hmm. or something yeah that was so, done really well and I was like this like uh do we think that this is like Oscar worthy for him yes. like do we think he'll
0: get a knob for this I think I,
1: mean, this I wouldn't be surprised. actually gonna
0: I think this movie I mean Oscars love Hollywood movies I was gonna, I gonna say mean, it's
1: a movie about Hollywood it's definitely gonna I gonna think mean. it's gonna
0: be very well received by that. Group of people
1: and i will give props to this movie it's like is this the fastest we've ever gotten to a wilhelm scream because it was like <laughs> seconds into the movie <laughs> yeah
0: uh what did we think i oh about- completely missed it it was like someone fell through a thing in the the, the news yeah reel it was like beginning.
1: leonardo dicaprio's like character opening. shot someone yeah. off like a roof or a like a second tier of a building in a Western.
0: Zacapio also, like I, I, I referenced the scene, but when he goes into his, into his trailer and just starts mm-hmm. freaking out and I I just, that was so fucking good. And
1: yeah, I love the whole section with him oh, yeah. set for that movie.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was like Lauren said, like when they were just showing us that Episode of this TV show, but it was like a beautiful widescreen version of it uh, that we got yeah. to see, mm-hmm. and then the scene with Butters Girl, where he, you know, I love the end of that where he's like, "Did I hurt? You know, like you okay after I threw you down?" It's like, "Oh, don't worry, I got knee pads on." But it was also great when the director came up and I was like, "I love that you had this idea. We should just mm-hmm. throw the girl on the ground." It's like, okay, <laughs> he really just went the for whole
1: it. Part with him reading his book in like suddenly mm-hmm. drawing comparisons oh, between yeah. himself his own and lives. the book. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. <laughs> well, and that
3: was also that was also a great what's the word I'm looking for? I'm sorry. It was a great example of, sorry, like the whole the whole thing can maybe sometimes feel like a bit pedantic like, oh, he's reading this book and this book conveniently matches up with like maybe <laughs> his current emotions about his career, but he delivers it so well and like the back and forth between him and the girl who has no clue what he's talking about. Like it's just, it was another piece of evidence for me that a great actor can take like maybe seemingly like very simple dialogue and just like milk it for all it's worth. And,
1: and it was so funny. Cause it's like, I didn't know if Julia Butter's character was actually sympathizing with him or if she was just yeah. being her character sympathizing with him or something. <laughs> it was really weird.
0: I, I was also happy that the, scene from the the clip from the end of the first trailer the rick i'm Fu- um, rick fucking dalton still was absolutely amazing <laughs> after watching yeah. him go through the roller coaster over that middle 50 minutes of the movie or so what else is uh is that we hit every? we got the spawn ranch we got- i like
2: kurt russell's like his narration oh, yeah. like the first the first time he shows up he's like well that's a load of shit like <laughs> something like, uh,
0: i also love zoe bell's cameo yeah i
1: was yeah, really happy was that she was there yeah. we didn't we didn't mention just with the whole section we were just talking about, uh Luke Perry. Oh he yeah, was...
0: Luke Perry was good. Was this
1: his was this his final movie? I
0: I believe so.
1: Yeah, and it added this new level like layer to this movie because it's like you could draw a comparison between him and uh Sharon Tate in the sense that it's like we like he was cut short and we don't get to see the what if, like if he continued to you know, if he didn't tragically pass.
3: Yeah, he's uh he is the only good part about
0: Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I
1: don't think so. We've covered a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Next week we are doing another new release, and we are going to watch the shenanigans of The Rock, Jason Statham. It's Vanessa Dwayne Kirby, Johnson No, It's Dwayne Johnson. He's The Rock. <laughs> I saw him win the WWF title for the first time. He's the rock forever for me. And uh, what's his name? I imagine
1: it'll have a very different feel than this movie.
0: (laughs) Idris (laughs) Idris Elba Mm
1: -hmm. as
0: Black Superman in Hobbs and Shaw. uh, The first Fast and the Furious spinoff. And
2: Vanessa Kirby, right?
0: I mentioned her. I'm going to forget Vanessa Kirby. I'm hoping it's revealed that she's actually her Mission Impossible character and they can... Connect all that these would be universes. pretty awesome and then we continue our march towards 100 with magnolia by paul thomas anderson and watchmen by zach snyder until then i'm zach Oldenburg. you can find me wherever you can find at zach oldenberg and you can find us at middleofrow.com rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. It might help us somehow.
2: I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter at The Grigsby Bear. And you can follow all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Realm.
3: I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow... Me on Twitter at Another Rawhole J, and you can also follow us on Twitter at
0: middle of row.
1: And I'm Lauren heimbaugh You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middlerow.tumblr.com.
0: Thanks for listening. Go watch Pods and Shaw. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road.
2: Yeah, I went into a church. I stopped along all the way. Well I got down on my on my on my bended knees and I began to pray.